Hello and welcome to the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, K-beauty expert, founder of Style Story, where you can shop, learn and explore the world of Korean skincare and, of course, your guide to what is going on in the world of Korean beauty, skincare and makeup in 2023. So, A big welcome back to the show. It is obviously the first episode back. We are in January 2023. Uh, It's my first week back in the office after my holiday. And in typical back-to-work style, I was all set to record the show and have the episode out for you on Thursday morning as planned. And I wrote my show notes, got into my pantry, which is where I normally record at home because it's nice and quiet, and predictably I was not able to record because something went wrong. Uh, I have, uh, I often record using my Mac, my Mac Air. Uh, And if you have a Mac Air, you probably know they don't have all the same plugs as a typical laptop PC. So in order to plug my mic into my Air, I actually have an adapter and I have no clue why. Uh, and I don't know how this happened, but the adapter that I always have plugged into my mic was nowhere to be seen. So I got in there, couldn't find it. I spent the next like 35 minutes madly tearing around the house to see if I could find this adapter. Couldn't find it, gave up, went on and purchased another one online. Uh, so I am here in the office using my PC while I wait for the new adapter to be delivered. So it has not been a great start back podcasting this week for me. Uh, Just an apology in advance if you hear any background noise. Our office is on a main street in Gangnam and it is quite busy uh, traffic-wise outside. So if you hear random horns and things like that, you will have to excuse me. Uh, But yeah, that has been my start back at work for the week. I hope your weeks are going better than mine. I hope everyone had a really nice holiday. I definitely did. Uh, I I think I mentioned on the show last year that I was heading over to Canada with all of my family. Uh, My husband's side of the family has a lot uh, of family in Toronto. So we spent some time with them, which was lovely. Haven't seen some of them since I got married, which was over seven years ago. So really, really nice to catch up with family. Um, and of course I then flew over to New York, which is a really short flight away from Toronto. I didn't realize that before I'd started planning this trip, uh, and went and popped into CO Bigelow, which is, uh, the first offline store in the States that is stocking our Jellico products. Got to meet up with the team and chat to them and see what's trending uh, in New York, what the customers are looking for, which of our products they are keen on. Uh, And so that was a really, really great uh, trip for me. It was really fun to pick their brain because there are a lot of differences between the products that are trending over there at the moment and the products that are trending here in Korea. Korea, over in Australia. So that was really, really interesting. Uh, one of our products, uh, the Cinnamon Toast Sugar Scrub Foam, was actually sold out when I went into the store, uh, which is crazy. That is one of the most popular of our products over there. Uh, so that 
was interesting. Uh, the other bestseller over in the New York store is, of course, our bubble tea steam cream. And that was the number one bestselling product on Style Story last year uh, out of everything, out of all the hundreds of products that we have on the site. So that was not a shock, uh, but it was just really great to actually meet them all. Uh, last time I spoke to a lot of them was over Zoom when we were doing our training to get them up to speed basically on what the products are, how to use them and all of that good stuff. So that was a really, really good holiday. Unfortunately, I've had a little bit of jet lag on the way back. Uh, So that has not been as fun. But anyway, I'm here. I'm back. I am at work. (laughs) We are podcasting. So let us get stuck into it. What I really wanted to uh, talk through today and just touch base on is obviously it's the start of a new year. And I'm pretty sure I did this last year but you know, it was a whole year ago. So forgive me if I'm slightly off base, but I'm pretty sure we started the year with some predictions. Uh, And I wanted to do the same thing again this year and just give some predictions on where I think the industry is headed, what I think is going to be trending this year in Korean skincare. Obviously, Korean skincare is becoming Uh, in some ways, a lot more synonymous with global beauty these days. Uh, You know, it's not niche, whereas once upon a time, K-beauty used to be quite niche. Now it really has gone mainstream. And even if the products and brands are not available mainstream, a lot of what is being done here and being manufactured here, because so many global beauty brands now do manufacture in Korea, you're seeing a lot more, um, I guess, congruism, a lot more of a lineup in between what's trending overseas and what's trending here. Not 100%, but definitely more so than it was in the past. Back in the day, it used to be that we were doing really weird and wacky things over here and that the rest of the world was doing something else. But nowadays, particularly with things like TikTok uh, and those kind of trends, Uh, I think global beauty has a lot more in common than it used to once upon a time. So without any further ado, let's get stuck into it. One of my predictions is that the skinimalism trend, the minimalist trend in skincare is going to continue. So what do I mean by that? I guess things like the clean look, you know, there was the clean girl aesthetic that was really trending last year. That has been popular in K-beauty throughout the pandemic. Uh, The idea of less is more. Uh, People started wearing a whole lot less makeup up a whole lot less stuff during the the COVID pandemic just because they were stuck at home. They didn't need to go to overboard. Uh, the The economic environment has changed a lot. A lot of countries are on the tip of, if not already into some sort of a recession. Uh, and that's got people thinking a little bit more mindfully, potentially, about what they're going to spend their money on. There's also the growing consciousness uh, and a better understanding about state of the planet. So I think skinimalism and sustainability are really tied in in some ways. Uh, The moves towards refillable packaging or things that we can do to help minimize waste, I think that's tied up in this trend for less is more, the clean girl aesthetic. Now, look, I'm not 100% sure that a lot of these aesthetics necessarily result in people using a whole lot less product. Uh, Particularly, I'm often surprised 
realized, you know, if you, you jump onto social media and you see people doing like a no makeup makeup look, how much makeup is actually involved in that? But I do think on the whole, the idea of using less, having a lot of two-in-one multi-step products to try and cut down what we were calling in Korea skip care, that kind of thing, I think is definitely going to be a trend going forward into 2023 as well. Now, the other thing that I think is going to be trending this year is glowy skin, like a hyper glow. I'm seeing it a lot, particularly with highlighters uh, and things like that, the really strategic placement of your makeup. Now, this is not an entirely new trend because I, I'm even thinking back over the last 10 years or so, and we've had so many, uh, you know, there was a, a push away from contouring for a while that led into a lot of that. But this is back, the dewy, watery effects with high wattage highlighters and lots of shimmer, holographic shimmer and things like that. I think we are going to see more of that this year as well Uh, in global beauty, but also I think K-beauty is leaning into that a little bit more. We've always loved a sparkly uh, shadow in Korean beauty, definitely more so than like the really matte looks and more so than like a, a really dark smoky eye. We tend to go a lot more over here for the, the glimmery, shimmery shadows. So I think glow is definitely going to be in again this year. It might take on a slightly more iridescent form than it has in the past. Uh, but this kind of look, particularly for base makeup and things like that, has always been popular in Korean beauty. Beauty, so it's not entirely new, but I think we're going to see more of that again this year, uh, particularly with the makeup brands. I'm seeing a lot more really glittery sort of looks and things like that. Vegan beauty is the other one. And this one has been on my list, honestly, I feel like every year for the last three years, but it just keeps getting bigger as a category. So I don't think we can ignore it as a trend. I think it's going to keep getting bigger and uh, a lot more brands are jumping on. Like even the sheer amount, I was having a look through our website the other day, stylestory.com.au. One of our category pages is for vegan beauty products and it's getting really busy in there. Like there are so many products that are vegan these days. It almost, you know, once upon a time, if people were looking to shop via a vegan category, it would be a fairly slim picking. Like you wouldn't necessarily have access to everything. But nowadays, I feel like it's probably not even that useful to shop by vegan category if you're really trying to narrow it down, just because there's so many products in there. It seems to be the way that like a lot of the the, the bigger Korean beauty brands, if they can afford to do it uh, and, you know, use only vegan ingredients for a lot of their products, they're just doing it uh, and getting the certifications for it. Uh, one of the things that I have noticed is that there is a disconnect between the concept of vegan beauty and makeup and whatnot here in Korea versus overseas. And what I mean by that is here in Korea, a lot of non-vegan consumers have started to become interested in this category because it is being linked with sustainability. And the companies are really saying that, you know, this is the more future conscious choice. Everything's cruelty-free, vegan, sustainable. And they're linking these three terms in together. Whereas overseas, 
disease. It's not to say that there aren't people looking for vegan products. There certainly are. And we've done a few straw polls even on our Instagram for Style Story just to ask people, like, how important is this to you? But it's still a niche for people that aren't vegan and don't follow a vegan lifestyle. And the reason for that is I think maybe consumers are a little more savvy about the fact that just because it doesn't contain animal ingredients or animal byproducts does not necessarily mean that it is better for the environment. And one example that I often see people bandy about is leather, for example, obviously not for cosmetics, but leather. When it comes to things like leather, you know, people say, well, I don't want to wear leather. I would rather have a substitute, you know, because it's vegan. But a lot of those substitutes end up being worse for the environment because they contain things like plastics that don't biodegrade and don't break down as easily. So I think potentially Western consumers are a little bit more clued on to the fact that just because it's vegan, it doesn't mean it's better for the environment necessarily. A lot of the uh, techniques used to farm non-vegan alternatives are really, really bad for the environment. So I think Vegan beauty will continue to really grow in K-beauty. I don't know if the West, the rest of the world is going to follow along with this trend. I think there's probably a little bit more of a differentiation for, you know, some consumers about the fact that vegan and cruelty-free isn't the same thing. That has always been a confusing element for a lot of people. Uh, you know, what's the difference? Aren't they both? And they're different. They are different. It means different things. Vegan only means that it do- the product itself and the the ingredients in it don't contain animal ingredients like, for example, propolis or uh, animal byproducts. Propolis would be an animal byproduct because it's created by bees. Um, I guess snail, mucin would be another animal byproduct. So none of those things are vegan. Cruelty-free, however, means that the product wasn't tested on animals. So it's potentially possible that you have a vegan product, say something that doesn't contain snail, but you tested it on an animal. Now, I don't think that's very common at all. And, you know, animal testing in general in most countries has been phased out, but it's technically possible that you could be cruelty-free but not vegan and vice versa. Uh, So vegan beauty for K-beauty, you'll see more of it this year. There is just no doubt in my mind uh, this is going to continue to be big. The other thing that I think probably deserves its own category is the focus that I'm seeing again on these supercharged ingredients. Things like your peptides, collagen, retinol, hyaluronic acid, which, you know, is that a trend anymore? Not not necessarily, but it's still popular. Things like Bacuccia, all of these ingredients that have a lot of scientific studies conducted on them, that have a lot of data to back up their efficacy. These are really, really trending at the moment everywhere. But for K-beauty, this is a little bit new, particularly for things like the retinols. I'm seeing more and more brands come out with retinols. They're definitely on the lower strength of the market. uh, And that's for a reason. Uh, I think I've discussed this before. If I haven't, we've got a blog post on the Style Story website uh, that's all about why retinol isn't so popular in K-beauty and some of the alternatives that Koreans often use. But having said that, 
a lot more products are coming to the market with these lower strength retinols. Uh, and, you know, it's just because of how much uh, research has been done into it and how well understood all of these are. Uh, you know, obviously, it, I think a lot of our listeners will be very familiar with retinoids in general, but for those that aren't, they can help to stimulate quicker cell turnover. They're good for reducing things like fine lines, pigmentations, signs of aging. Uh, for those with acne prone skin, they can help reduce sebum production, which is why a lot of the treatments and uh, that you will be recommended by a dermatologist if you go in for an acne consultation will contain some form of a retinoid. Uh, that's why they reduce sebum production and unclog your pores. Now, there are a lot of downsides with using retinols. Not everyone feels comfortable using them in their routine on a regular basis just because of the dryness, flakiness, uh, you know, negative side effects, itchiness, skin sensitivity, UV sensitivity, for pe- particularly for people that live in hot climates like Australia where you spend a lot of time in the sun, uh, you know, it's sometimes it's better off to just skip your retinols throughout the summer period because of the increased UV sensitivity that can go along with it. They're obviously also not suitable for people who are pregnant or breast feeding. Uh, so that we get a lot of inquiries about that. You know, what are the kind of products that I can use while I'm pregnant or breastfeeding? And that is the number one thing that is uh, on most people's radar is that I don't want anything with vitamin A in it, nothing with retinol, retinol, uh, any of those ingredients, because they are contraindicated for those who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Uh, but this is uh, really, really popular in so many countries. Uh, I was speaking at the end of last year about what's trending in Germany at the moment and retinol is up there. It's up there pretty much everywhere in the world and Korea has really caught on to that. Bakuchiol is the other one, uh, sometimes touted as a natural alternative to retinol. I think that was just clever marketing by the clean beauty movement really, but it does have a lot of similar impacts and effects on the skin. Um, it's got anti-inflammatory properties. Uh, it can help with the thing uh, with treatment of things like wrinkles and hyperpigmentation as well. And it's generally considered to be better for people with sensitive skin. But obviously, everyone's skin very different. I would recommend for sure patch testing things like this. But all of those, we are going to see more of them. I'm seeing more products come to the market with things like collagen peptides in them all the time as well. So that is going to keep trending this year, I'm sure of it. Now, the other big one, and this one has been uh, on the on the horizon, on the forefront of what we're talking about over in Korea for the past two years at least uh, because of the pandemic, and that is barrier repair and microbiome ingredients and products. So these two, I think, are very much linked together. So the skin barrier, your skin's barrier, is responsible for blocking the external stimuli. So things that your skin is, uh, I guess, comes into contact with throughout the day. So things like UV rays, pollutants, bacteria. Uh, It's also really important to enable you to properly retain hydration, moisture, nutrients in the skin. Uh, So basically, if there's any issues with your skin barrier or it has been compromised, then you will be opening yourself up into a whole lot of different problems. 
inflammation, sensitivity, even skin conditions and things like uh, rosacea as well. Uh, I have had so many problems with my skin's barrier because of the mask wearing in Korea. I can well and truly say that my barrier at the moment is just a little bit cooked. I'm having flare-ups all the time from a whole variety of things that never used to ever cause problems for me. So I'm having to be particularly careful about this, but so are a lot of other people. I was saying to someone at the end of last year, like, I just don't think I've ever seen more Koreans with more skin problems than I have at the moment. It used to be the case that, you know, everyone you would see on the subways and outside and things like that, the vast majority of people just have really good skin. People spend a lot of time and effort on their skin and most people have quite nice skin. These days, it is so common to see people with full-on acne, pimples, blemishes, just a lot of redness and irritation. Uh, You know, my little girl has had a serious case of eczema basically around her mouth uh, because they're wearing masks at school as well. And it's just, it's ruinous for the skin. It's no good for your skin, but, you know, there's nothing to be done about it. So the idea of maintaining and protecting your skin's barrier has really gained popularity uh, at the moment, particularly in Korea. Apparently, a local study here was saying as of May 2022, the search volume for microbiome ingredients, which is linked to this, had increased 1,600% compared to the previous year. So the idea of the microbiome and protecting it is because – you know, a lot of the focus is on increasing your skin's immunity. So a lot of brands have shifted their focus onto this concept of microbiome beauty to address the effects and impacts of skin that has become overstimulated. Uh, and microbiome beauty is it, what we're really talking about is ferments and fermented ingredients a lot of the time. So probiotics, prebiotics, postbiotics, all of those kind of things that have naturally had a very long history in Korean beauty. Now, a lot of Western beauty brands and overseas brands are leaning into the microbiome trend as well. This is definitely not just a K-beauty trend, but it has a very long and familiar history that a lot of Koreans feel very comfortable with using these kind of ingredients, things like lactomyces, bifida ferment lysate, a whole lot of different lysates. Uh, So that I think will be on the rise this year as well globally, but also in K-beauty, like honestly, nearly every second release at the moment, I feel like, is adding either probiotic ingredients to products that were already on the market, like Laneige's water sleeping mask, or they are coming up with new formulas that are all about barrier repair and the microbiome. So we're going to see more of this this year, Uh, kombucha, even things like that. These are all the kinds of things that we're talking about for that kind of trend that is definitely going to continue this year. Uh, So yeah, the next one on my list, is the at-home beauty devices. And I've had countless DMs from people uh, asking me, you know, what ones do I recommend? What are the good ones? So because of the pandemic as well, this has really accelerated this trend of doing a lot of your, uh, you know, the device type things at home, your LED masks, your ultrasonic facial cleansers. Uh, There's brands coming out with the electric muscle stimulation even HIFU, which we did a whole episode on that last year. If you're interested in HIFU, which is the high-intensity focused ultrasound, some brands have come out with at-home versions of that. 
radio frequency, all of that kind of thing. Now, I have mixed thoughts on a lot of these devices simply because uh, when it comes to the stuff that you're using at home, a lot of the time it will be tested for safety but not necessarily have been subjected to the same rigorous level of testing for efficacy that the in-clinic ones have. There is absolutely no comparison between what you will receive in clinic and what you will be doing at home with these devices. Like anyone that tries to tell you otherwise, is probably trying to sell you one of these uh, and it's just not the case. There's no way if you look at the sheer cost of these machines, they can run into the tens of thousands of dollars for the, the, the clinical ones that are used in clinical settings. So do not kid yourself that what you're using at home is the same as what you're using in a clinic, but that's not to say that you might not like the results of it, that your skin might look a little bit more toned and tighter and smoother, but you're not going to be seeing the same results as you would if you went into a clinic and, you know, had one of those kind of treatments done, particularly for the, for things that are designed to, you know, firm or reactivate your collagen and stuff like that. Um, but this is a really big trend at the moment. A lot of brands are jumping onto it. Uh, I, I don't think there's any harm in it. I don't know if I'd go out and spend a whole lot of money on this kind of stuff. Uh, but then obviously you get what you pay for as well. You know, if you're buying something for a hundred bucks, really, you're not going to be seeing the same results. Uh, particularly compared to the in-clinic treatments. But if this is more in your price range uh, and you like using these kind of things, by all means, go for it. Uh, Some of them, the only other thing that I would say about the at-home devices that makes me a little skeptical and why I personally don't use them is because of how long you have to use them for. A lot of them They want you to be using it, you know, for like a certain amount of time every single day. Uh, And I just don't know how practical that is for the vast majority of people. Uh, Maybe if you, you know, I I don't know, have a lot of spare time on your hands, uh, then this might be, you know, more suited for you. If you're a super busy person or you're the kind of person that, you know, forgets to take your medicines or forgets to, you know, do things in your daily life because you're just so frantic and busy, this is probably one to skip. And if you really want to try it, just go in and have, uh, you know, a treatment in clinic if that's economically viable for you, uh, you know, a one and done thing, particularly for things like HIFU. For example, here in Korea, uh, this is really popular and I've spoken to a lot of the girls. The best people to talk to are the girls that work at the dermatologist's office and the clinics because they try everything uh, and they talk amongst themselves and they have their favourites. So for something like a HIFU, they recommend in the clinics to get it done once a year. Uh, some of the girls that are really, really into it tell me that they get it done every six months, but you do get results from it even just going in once a year. So that's a lot more uh, efficient use of your time maybe than doing an at-home thing every single night, Uh, obviously budget, you know, permitting. uh, But over here in general, it's a lot more uh, economical. So look, that's what I would say, but I think the trend is definitely going to continue. So keep your eyes out, your eyes peeled for more at-home beauty devices. Now, the other trend is, and the one that I'm going to finish up with, this is the one that's dearest to my heart, of course, is jelly skin or jello skin. Now, this has been really trending at the moment in Korea. I'm seeing a lot of articles come out about it. There was even one in Vogue uh, about the jello skin trend. Jello skin uh, and this idea of, you know, bouncy, hydrated, elastic, almost 
you know, um, chewy or squishy looking skin. This is was the inspiration behind our brand, Jellico. That's what we were aiming to do, more so than the jelly textures, which is obviously also something that we have tried to incorporate into the brand. But this idea of skin that just looks squishable, squishy skin, transparent, clear and bouncy. This has really taken off as well. Uh, I think we'll probably see more about this uh, this year as well, uh, just because it's it ties into the other trends that I think are really ongoing at the moment, things like using the supercharged ingredients to get that transparent look. Obviously, the minimalism, the skinimalism look that really works hand in hand with that, the clean, bare-faced beauty and glowing skin, all of these things are similar to jelly skin as well. But jelly skin is supposed to be, you know, pinchable. Basically, if you pinch the skin and it bounces back to its former shape, shape, then your skin is in good jelly-like condition. Uh, And the key to jelly skin, really, this should come as no shock, is hydration. You need to pump up that hydration. You need to be hydrating at every step of your routine, basically, uh, and just getting in there with lots of light layers uh, to really help your skin soak in everything and hydrate itself from multiple layers. It's not enough to just be hydrated on the outside. You won't get that really squishy look to the skin, that kind of texture to it. It needs to be hydrated from the, the deeper layers of the skin as well. So those are my key predictions for what we're going to be seeing more of in Korean skincare generally. I think a lot of these will have... will be trending as well in global beauty, maybe not to the same extent necessarily, uh, but a lot more crossover between what's going on in Korea and what is going on globally at the moment, I think. Um, Some of them have a maybe slightly more uh, local appeal, particularly around the things like the microbiome. I think that might be a much easier sell in Korea. I think it probably needs a little bit more explanation. The whole idea of fermentation and all that sort of thing overseas is maybe not as uh, well understood potentially. You know, obviously we eat a lot of fermented foods in Korea as well, things like kimchi. Uh, So they are the main trends that I'm expecting that we will see more of. I'll just run through them again one more time. So skinimalism, the clean look, I think we'll see more of that. Uh, Sustainability, more of a focus on this as well. I think it will really differ from brand to brand in terms of what we can expect brands to do. But I know for uh, for For us personally at Jellico, this is something that we are actively looking into. Uh, I'm hoping to have some updates on that with the release of our new product, which is almost ready. It's past all its testing. We are working actually on the sustainability piece at the moment is the holdup. So I think a lot of brands are focusing on this as well. Hyper glow, glowing skin, more of that. All of the dewy, watery, shimmery uh, glow we will see more of. Vegan beauty, definitely in K-beauty. Expect to see more vegan beauty. Uh, Our supercharged ingredients, things like your retinols, your Bacucciols, your collagen, your peptides. We will definitely see more of them. I'm already seeing them in the new releases that have been announced for the new year as well. Uh, Barrier repair and microbiome, for sure, for sure, we are going to see more of this as well. The at-home beauty devices, I'm already seeing plenty more of on socials. I'm getting asked a lot more questions about them. So I know that we're going to be seeing more of that because more brands 
are making them at the moment. Uh, and then last but not least, jelly skin or jello skin. I think we're going to be seeing more people trying to nail this trend as well. So I welcome back to the show. If this is your first time listening to the show, then welcome. Obviously, we're super excited to have you along for the year. Uh, I have lots of things planned for us this year, lots of uh, content, I guess, that I am hoping to share with you guys. Uh, Now, in terms of our schedule, last year we were doing the Tuesday and Thursday. I'm just going to have to see how we go with that. Um, My schedule is uh, getting busier just because of the amount of work that we've got going on at the moment. So I'm going to have to just play that one a little bit by ear. Uh, I'll keep you updated in terms of how possible that's going to be for me but just to sort of keep you in the loop I'm going to definitely aim for one a week if we can do the two a week then uh good but I've got a lot of trips as well coming up this year so that will probably throw the schedule off and it might be easier to just release the one a week but look let's start with the 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 intention of trying to do two a week uh, and let's see how we go I think we'll probably end up dropping down to one a week uh for parts of the year that's just going to be unavoidable uh but that is my plan uh, for the year. Uh, If you haven't already, come and join me over on Instagram. That's another thing. That's one of my resolutions for the year. I'm going to try and do more content on the Instagram, uh, try and get some more videos up and things like that, talking around, you know, different different topics and whatnot. That is one of my resolutions. So if you haven't already, I'm over at lauren.kbeauty and hopefully have a few little different things you know, in, in addition to stuff that we're, we're talking about on the show, but more, I, I guess, short, snappy things rather than the long, the long episode. So if that sounds like something that you would like to see more of, come and join me over on the gram. Other than that, I will be back in your ears next week. And until then, I will see you on Style Story.